This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon. You can see I've uh, added a little subtitle to Jacob. Uh, and I did that phrase, what's in an A? We'll come to that in a Well, yeah, we'll come to it. We've already had a clue about why I've used that subtitle from that reading we just had. But just to make the point before we go any further, you can see <coughs> this is the first time we come across Jacob in Genesis, in chapter 25. Uh, and we hear of his death which we'll briefly come to towards the end as you might suspect in, in chapter 49 so most of, about half of the book of Genesis uh, Jacob is there or things relevant to him and his family are there so he's, he's one of the most we could say widely recorded of the patriarchs in, in that sense so there's an awful lot to talk about so what I want to do is not talk an awful long time but just pick out some of the highlights does anybody have any idea what their name means you do very good yeah yeah <laughs> sisters over there called Pam and Debbie and I was surprised to know that they knew what their names meant uh, but they did and these two uh, Pam was baptised just over a year ago and Debbie about four or five years ago and uh, they worked together uh, and they're great pals as part and now great sisters uh, and it was Debbie she came into the truth because oh, it's a, yeah, and you're, all, you're getting the story now start, it's all finished um, she was going out with the daughter of a sister in Dublin the, the son of a sister in Dublin that relationship broke up but she kept in contact with what she hoped at one time would be her mother-in-law but didn't turn out to be and she had a great influence on Debbie and she accepted the truth Pam and as I say Debbie worked together and uh, Pam wondered why uh, I guess Debbie was as she was her demeanour and so on her way of life and they talked a lot and eventually Pam started coming to uh, classes in the, uh, in the flat in Dublin they work actually within five minutes walk of well even less than that three minutes walk of the flat and so one lunch hour a week they come and have seminar studies with whoever's resident in the flat. And after about 18 months, Pam too is baptised. So, you know, it's, it's been a great comfort to us who go there to see these two young sisters develop and Pam to find the truth in, in recent times. 
uh, and they're very close. So it's surprising when you find out what their names mean. Pam is honey and Debbie is bee. And, you know, that, that, that gives a bit of a fill up to the story, you know, that they're, they're close in life, close as sisters, and their names are close together as well. Still, that, that's a long story to start things off. As David has already said, I know what my names mean. Uh, I have a second name as well, uh, which is Michael, and that is who is like God. Uh, I wonder sometimes uh, if my parents realised what they were giving me as names. Hopefully they did, uh, but their expectations were rather high. But there we go. That's what happened. So we go on and we've read the story of Jacob's birth. And we've read what their names meant, the twins who were born. We've read how that for 20 years Isaac and Rebecca remained twi- uh, childless. And then these two twins were born. We read how uh, Rebecca was curious as what was going on inside her. <laughs> I guess it must have been, uh, well, that, that's the that's the picture you get isn't it why is this happening to me she said and she went to inquire of the Lord and the Lord said to her two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you shall be divided the one shall be stronger than the other and the older shall serve the younger so there were these prophecies given to Rebecca about what was happening to the progeny she was about to produce the twins who were uh, making their presence felt within her so this was the story of their birth and as we know it is also the story of the Jew and Arab conflict that continues to this day and is you know, in the news again at the moment with the conflict in Gaza What did we else did we read? Oh, Helen will turn me off for leaving this in, but there we go. This tweet picture of happy mum with happy twins. doesn't really portray her as being 60 years at the time, as I think she was. So, what names did they give the offspring? their children Esau was a fairly obvious choice well Esau actually means hairy and Edom means red but forgive me for that Uh, the first came out all red and his body like a hairy cloak so they called his name Esau and then along came the second which is you know, it means heel holder or deceiver, uh, trying to grab and take the advantage. And so I sometimes wonder did his parents knowingly give him such a name? But obviously they did because that relates to the facts which surrounded his birth. Uh, so I then wonder which came first the name they gave him and its meaning or 
the meaning there touched did they touch the meaning to it later on but I, I suppose that would be uh, arguing with scripture if I was to continue that argument but they gave him this name uh, and we have it here don't we? afterwards his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel so his name was called Jacob uh, Isaac was 60 years old when she bought him I knew one of them was 60 years old uh, now then I gave this talk once before and in the audience was a young man called Jacob uh, and I made the point then this point then and by the look on his father's face he didn't realise quite what it meant but uh, I, I said to him I don't think it's uh, your father was naming you this with intent but uh, because you like the name Jacob still there we go a little bit more detail about those names uh, Jacob also as we read in the second half of that extract from uh, Genesis 25 was a deceiver a supplanter but he said your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing is he not rightly named Jacob or supplanter or deceiver for he's cheated me these two times he took away my birthright and behold now he's taken away my blessing and he said have you not reserved a blessing for me well you know one could well argue that uh, he was guilty of his own downfall in a sense uh, if he was willing as it says there he despised his birthright uh, you know exchanging it so willingly just for a good feed uh, and so he's complicit in his own downfall in this sense but nonetheless Jacob was getting the better of a deal and playing on his need for food at that time and there's a picture of a later time when he extracts the birth, the, as well as the blessing the birthright as well by Jacob disguising himself as Esau and getting his father's final blessing so we've read again that Jacob was a quiet man a man of the flocks looking after and tilling the land and looking after the well-being of the flocks of the family but Esau was a hunter an outdoor man well we're both outdoor men but he was uh, out and about escaping uh, pursuing uh, game and so on he was a hunter before a bit like uh, we've heard of before whose name deserts me mighty hunter before the Lord you know and Jacob was uh, Esau was following in his steps so they were contrasting and so because he was that type you can understand that Jacob thought well if I've annoyed him like this and indeed 
he well and truly annoyed him he thinks well I'd better escape and he flees away from the family heads off towards uh, Syria, Aramea uh, to find his father's family and we have a little reading there perhaps Chris could read that for us now from Genesis 28 Genesis chapter 28 reading from verse 10 to verse 22 and Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran and he came to a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set upon the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it, and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, thy father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest to thee, will I give it unto thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south. And in thee, and in thy seed, Shall all the families of the earth be blessed? Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places to which thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it and he called the name of that place Bethel but the name of that city was called Luz at the first and Jacob vowed a vow saying if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee Thank you. so what did we find in that account this dream of Jacob's he sees this ladder stretching from earth up to heaven and allows him as it were in a sense to commune with God and Jacob is told that he will continue the chosen line of the promises of God which began with Abraham his grandfather and Isaac his father and so he is promised the land even though he's fleeing away from it at that time that it will be his and that he will get home safely it also reiterates the promise that his offspring will be as the dust as many as the dust and all families of the earth will be blessed through him we know these promises full well but here they are reiterated to (coughs) Jacob in this dream he tells him that God if he is 
remains with God remains committed with God he would bring him back and to fulfill part of that promise So, that's what that uh, breakdown of those verses that we just read. Reiteration of the promise that went to Abraham and Isaac, reiterated to Jacob. And God is telling him he's in that line of those promises. And so, he commits himself and goes on towards Paddan Aram where he's fleeing. verses from Romans it's alright I'm going to show these okay. <laughs> uh, I think this is Romans 9 and 5 verses there chapters verses 10 to 15 not only that but Rebecca's children were conceived at the same time by your father Isaac yet before the twins were born her, or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose in election might stand not by works only by him who calls she was told the older will serve the younger just as it is written Jacob I loved but Esau I hated what then shall we say is God unjust not at all for he says to, to Moses I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion so what God or what the comment here from Paul about this situation is that for whatever reason it was in the Lord God's purpose that uh, Jacob the younger would serve Isaac the older and he's saying we can't un understand it it mightn't seem right in our human judgment but it's part of God's plan and it's God as the creator who can have mercy on those he wants to and compassion on those he wants to as well so Jacob continues his flight goes back to his mother's family goes back to the house of Laban his uncle he meets and wants to marry his daughter He starts to work for Laban to pay for his marriage and this he does but nonetheless is tricked into marrying both daughters Leah and Rachel 
humanly, I don't know whether that was tricked or not. Uh, you might have been with Aftersight quite happy to have them both. But uh, there we are. In the eyes of Laban, he had to marry Leah before he could marry Rachel. And that's what happened. So, we see deception again in this family. Jacob had the two wives, but also, as you'll see, they produced quite a tribe for him, indeed, quite a series of tribes. Uh, Leah had Reuben and Simeon, Levi and Judah, and then uh, Handmaid had Dan and Naphtali. And then Rebecca's handmaiden had Gad and Asher and then eventually oh, Leah started again and had Isaiah and Zebulun and then finally Rachel has Joseph and Benjamin so I've put this down as the 12 tribes of Israel but if you, you could argue a little with that of course because Levi wasn't counted amongst the tribes to inherit land and Joseph's two sons Ephraim and Manasseh made up the twelve in the final distribution of the land so he's produced this family we have some verses now from Genesis 31 and this again demonstrates the treatment of uh, the deceitful streak which goes on in this family these 20 years I have been with you your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried and I have not eaten the rams of your flock what was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you I bore the loss for myself this was of course during the time the 14 years that he was working for Laban and looking after his flocks from my hand you required it whether stolen by day or by night there I was by the day the heat consumed me and the cold by night and my sleep fled from mine eyes these twenty years I have been in your house so it was quite a struggle for him he went through much turmoil suffering to look after the flocks of Laban and expand them and to earn his pay the dowry as it were for his wives I served you 14 years for your two daughters and 6 years for your flock and you've changed my wages 10 times he wasn't well treated by Laban if the God of my father the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side surely now you would have sent me away empty handed God saw my affliction and the labours of my hands and rebuked you last night so eventually Laban is brought to account but Jacob has had enough he gathers together his flocks and his family and starts back to his native land while he was on that journey certain things happened to him 
The same night, his two female servants and his eleven children and his two wives I missed out across the ford of Jabuk. He took them and sent them across and everything else that he had. His plan was, you know, he was still frightened of the revenge that he thought Esau was going to bring about upon him. So he thought he would send them on ahead and then divide up his possessions so that if Esau attacked he might conserve some part of his family and his possessions, his flocks and so on. But before that happened he was left alone on one side while the rest had gone on with him. And while there alone we read this. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. So his name is changed from Jacob to Israel. Comment there from Hosea. In the womb he took his brother by the heel, and in his manhood he strove with God. He strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favour. Israel means he strives with God or God strives. That's what his name had now been changed to. Another New Testament echo. And here we'll have a reading please, Chris. This time from Ephesians chapter 6. I've got to go back and letter to the Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 10 to 18 finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, with which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. 
Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So, what do those verses mean and why we read them at this juncture? The clue obviously or comes in the word, well it's struggle in some versions and wrestle in others, but it throws it back to this connection with, <coughs> with Jacob wrestling with the angel of God or striving with God himself even as we know his name now means. Yeah, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And we know that that basically doesn't mean against a devil as other folk understand it but it's against the evil which is in the world in the ruling classes in the world and in some sense is present in ourselves so we can compare this advice which comes to us from Paul with the wrestling that Jacob went through with the angel what Jacob was wrestling with was of course was with his mind he was convinced that Esau was going to seek revenge when he went back to his family home to his family lands and he tried to take precautions so this wouldn't happen he sent gifts on ahead he divided his possessions so that Esau might only uh, take half of his possessions as it were how could he appease him and this was the problem which on, is on his mind and he made the plans we've briefly sort of spoken about to try and sort this out in his own strength but uh, we know what he should have done but he didn't trust in God and he didn't seek his help immediately and so he wrestled with God but eventually he realised what he was wrestling with he realised that the continuing promises God had made that would be his that he'd made initially to Abraham were going to happen to him that he would indeed be the father of a great nation he began to realise that and therefore he could go forward trusting in God that God would bring about what he said he would bring about through him and the message is the same for us we don't oh, to try and save ourselves in our own strength is futile a bit like that rich young man we spoke about this morning who wanted to earn his own salvation we can't do that we can't do it in our own strength and so again the message comes to us to trust in the Lord to put on the armour he has provided 
to stand firm. Well, the truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We know the, the meaning and haven't really the opportunity to develop them more at this time. But it means envelop ourselves in God and in his son. Have the mind of Christ and bolster that up by our study, by our reading and by our prayers. That we might grow to be like our saviour and be strengthened by God because of that we realise too that as Jacob was promised as it were salvation if he went back to his homeland and he would eventually be the father of a great people God has promised us that we will be a part of that people too by adoption and he's promised to save us through the saving grace of our Lord Jesus we remember the words we're not going to look at these now at all but we remember those words at the end of chapter 12 of Luke talking about us having no anxious thoughts but seeking first the kingdom of God some other not so direct but nonetheless interesting comment from the New Testament this is from the first chapter of John's Gospel. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And he's playing with words here, isn't he? Uh, one who has striven with God, in whom there is no deceit. Well, just looking at the names of those involved in here, Nathaniel means gift of God Israelite a descendant of Jacob either literal or physical and, it, and unfortunately inheriting some of his human characteristics but there was none of the guile, the craftiness or the subtlety in Nathaniel as there was in Jacob we're not painting Jacob too great a character are we but we're only picking out some of the points of his life there are other ones as well we'll come on to in a minute uh, verse 51 of that first chapter of John confirms this when it has a reference back to the uh, angels ascending and descending uh, which relates to the dream we read about that Jacob had back in Luz. so that's a comment uh, an interesting comment from the Gospel of John another few verses this time from Stephen's speech recorded in Acts chapter 7 when Jacob first heard that there was no grain in Egypt he sent our fathers on their first visit and on the second visit Joseph made himself known to his brothers and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh and Joseph sent and summoned Jacob his father and all his kindred 75 persons in all and Jacob went down into Egypt and he died he and our fathers
and they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham had brought for a summer silver from the sons of Hamor in Shechem so we see here great faith that they were going to indeed receive the promises God had made that the land he had given them promised them uh, even though they had no possessions other than this piece of land they brought for a tomb though they, that was all they possessed at that time yet they were convinced that they would go back there and they arranged uh, that they would go back to that place of burial and be laid to rest there so there was great faith shown and we read more of this in Hebrews chapter 11 by faith Jacob when dying blessed each of his sons each of the sons of Joseph bowing in worship over the head of his shaft the detail of that we find in Genesis chapter 48 perhaps I'll just pick out a few verses from that again there was a similar situation to the had been with Esau and Jacob in that the younger was to inherit the predominant portion and the younger one was not and there we read in verse 12 Joseph removed them from Israel's need and bowed down with his face to the ground and Joseph took both of them Ephraim in his right towards Israel's left hand and Messiah on his left toward Israel's right hand and brought them close to him but Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head though he was the younger and crossing his arms he put his left hand on Manasseh's head even though Manasseh was the firstborn then he blessed Joseph and said may the God before whom my fathers Abram and Isaac walked and the, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day the angel who delivered me from all harm may he bless these boys may they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and may they greatly increase upon the earth so here he was though about to die far away from that land of promise his faith was such that he was able to bless his grandsons in this way that he and they would inherit that land in due course Joseph didn't see things in that way and as we read on we see that he wanted his hands to be the other way around but nonetheless Israel, Jacob persisted in giving the blessing as he had been guided by God to give it and so we see the faithfulness of Jacob they're expressed in those words in Hebrew and what we've read from Genesis His faith is shown in that he believed in the future fulfillment of the promises he received from God and extended those promises to his grandsons. So a summary of what we've tried to look at. Jacob in his early life at times when he lived up to his name 
heel holder and deceiver. But nonetheless, he demonstrated faith and trust in God when he went out and served Laban. He knew that God would see him through those troublous times as he worked for him. And indeed, God did. But he needed that reminder when he strove with the angel to strengthen his commitment. And his trust was complete at that time. And we too, at times, let our dark side, as we might call it, be the predominant one. But after times of strife and struggle, we can too show our faith and our trust in God that we will share in his promises the promises of being with the greater descendants of Jacob with our Saviour the Lord Jesus when he comes and there will be too a time when our names are changed as we read in Revelation chapter 3 the one who conquers I will make him like a pillar in the temple of my God Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven. And my own new name. So this is the time when by the grace of God, we too will have our names changed and will become by the grace of God perfected in our Lord Jesus and be with him when he reigns so once again our cry goes out even so come Lord Jesus Amen We hope you enjoyed that talk for more downloads information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk